pressure then. So it has been 18 months since I preached my last message, which was in Frankfurt. So it was a, a sort of a sad happy because I knew it was the timing of God, but I was also super sad to leave. So um, I might be a bit rusty. So I need lots of energy and heckling and stuff like that. So uh, I have to first of all say the women's conference, it was just brilliant, wasn't it? And it was 2018, I was last here. I know Debbie said 2016, I was thinking, well, that was a long time ago. But it was 2018, and um, it was just so nice the last couple of days just to be all together, and the guys that served us, you were just all so wonderful. So thank you for creating, thank you Jeannie and all the team for creating that space where we could just come and be. And I met so many wonderful ladies from across all the Icon churches, which was fantastic. And uh, from Steve and I, we just have to say thank you to all of you really, to Paul and Jeannie, uh, of course Nathan and Debbie, but so many of you, it's hard to name because there's so many that have made us feel so welcome and uh, those that know our story, we've been through quite a journey the last couple of years and um, it's just all part of what God's doing and part of his timing, but we're so thankful that you've made us feel welcome and just allowed us just to come and be ourselves in this place and uh, when you get to know us, Steve and I are a little bit bonkers, but from knowing most of you, I think we're going to fit right in. So <laughs> it's okay. And uh, just our um, children just love the youth. They're just having a really great time. Woo! Yeah. So thanks for letting them, you know, just feel part of the place. It's so wonderful. And um, yeah, it's, I'll just, I mean, I shouldn't start with this because it's in my message, but I'll start with it that basically what God's doing since lockdown was this moment of like a closing of everything, wasn't it? And it's almost like God is repositioning, he's realigning, and he's he's just, yeah, he's repositioning and there's people moving. And some of you are new in this place. Some of you have moved and you're thinking just like we are, how did we end up in Icon? Like, how did we end up here? Like, it's a great place, but it's a bit random, isn't it? I mean, Chesterfield, if you're from here, you won't think that. But if if you're from somewhere else, you might think it's a bit weird, isn't it? Like, we're in Chesterfield, Ches Vegas, my husband calls it. Yeah, we're seeing the sights. Um, So you might think, God, what are we doing here? And uh, it's all part of what God's doing to bring his people to the right place because God has a purpose. And all weekend, all we've heard is God has a purpose. God has a purpose. And my message today, we're going to get to God's purpose. But it's, um, yeah. So we, as you know, we've moved country Uh, First of all, we did one time to go to Germany nine years ago, nine and a half years ago, ten years ago. When was it? Uh, Ten years ago. And then uh, 18 months ago, we moved back here. And this, for my children, was like moving to a new country. They can speak English. They technically are English. But when they arrived here, they realised how German they actually are. And uh, we just... You know when you move country? And I know I've met some of you. I met Cecilia yesterday from Rotherham. She's done amazing in the last year. Rotherham are here, aren't they? Rotherham? Just, I love, I love that representation that you brought with you, April. Well done. Anyway, Rotherham at home, in your pyjamas. But I loved it. And, you know, just realising how much there is to do 
when you move house, how much even more there is to do when you move country. And we've developed this kind of phrase over the last, last 18 months. We're in the process. We're just in the process. You're in the process of setting everything up, of getting everything going again, of establishing yourself. We're in the process. It's just, we'll get through it. Just stay focused. We'll get through this process. And we've noticed there's a lot of things that we can do. And this is the thing about us as Christians. We are in God's process. You right now, you're in God's process. And for some of you like us, you might have had a move. You might have had something dramatic. Even Matthew, I met this morning with his son, sitting eating that delicious cake. Thank you, Nancy. And um, I wasn't eating it. I was watching the others eating it because I had so much cake yesterday. And you've moved and you're, you're thinking, it's all new. What's God doing? But for some of you, you've not moved and you're thinking it's all just it's all the same it's all the usual hold on hold on because God's process is to lift your expectations because he's gathering and he's realigning and he's moving for such a time as this because God is doing something new in his church and God started the Bible says Philippians 1 6 be confident of this that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus my life scripture I love that verse but how many times do we stand and think what God Good work. Sorry, Lord, I know there's a good work, but where is it? Sometimes the good work's so deep, we don't know it's happening. And it's in us, it's happening within us because God has to do a work in us first in order to do something through us. And the Bible says this it's God who works in you to will and act according to his good purpose. God has a purpose. He's got a purpose in bringing you to this place. He's got a purpose in keeping you in this place. He's got a purpose in all the things that have been shifting around your life. God has a purpose. So hold on church, hold on, just hold on because you're in a process and this process is going to be good. Right. You might not know this about me, but I am a bit of a nerd when it comes to reading and studying and things like that. So this last year, you would have found me sitting at a little desk in a little room in my house, just with my head in a book. And um, there's something when we read stories, and it's called POV. Have you seen it on social media? POV. And some of you have looked at it and thought, what does that mean? Point of view. Just tell your neighbour, point of view. What's your point of view? I know some people don't like that. It is cheesy, but I do it all the time. Tell the person next to you. Point of view. Now, in literary terms, because this is where it comes from, point of view is actually where the author is narrating from. So whose story are they telling and how are they telling that story? So the most common way is the first person singular. That's I or me. And they tell the story as if they are the person themselves. Another common way is to tell it through the third person, which is he or she. He did this, he thought that. And they say what people's thoughts and feelings are. Now, why am I saying that? Because we hear POV all the time on social media and it's a bit of a trend. And people use it to say, this is my opinion. And if you're offended, that's okay because it's mine. And it's a little bit of an excuse to get some opinions out there. But I'm talking about that today because as we're in this process of what God's doing in our lives, we have our POV, don't we? I look at it and I think, God, what are you doing? That's what I think. I think, God, in this moment, I can't understand how you're at work. I can't see what you're doing. 
I think, I know how I feel. I, oh, I know my strengths and how good I am. I also know my failings. I know where I've been hurt and disappointed. I know where I've had successes. We see things when God's doing a process through our own point of view. And we don't often understand what God is doing. But just remember, God in the process of what he's doing is always moving you forward to fulfill what he's called for your life. So I've come to realise that as God's at work in us in this process, even though I don't understand, that's just my point of view. Now God, he has another point of view. Now, in literary terms... We've got our first person and our third person, and there's a few others, but another big one is called the omniscience pov, the point of view from all knowing. And the writer can choose any person, any person in the room. And the writer can write from your point of view or from yours or yours because the writer is all knowing. I know everything about everyone. No, I don't. But... The writer knows everything about every character in the story and what they can do is they can write from any thought and any feeling and any position of any character. And that is a bit like what God is like for us. He's got the omniscient, the all-knowing point of view. You see, I stand and I think, what about me, God? Did you leave me? Did you abandon me? What on earth is this process? But right over here, there's somebody else who's been repositioned, saying, what about me, Lord? How did I end up here? There's someone over here saying, Lord, why am I still here? Love Ches Vegas, Lord, but, you know. And all of, this, all of us in our process, we're all looking up to the Lord saying, what God, when God, why God, how God? Why did these, this thing happen? Why did that not happen? And God's there as the author of our lives and our stories, as the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And he stands and he knows every person. And we don't see as he positions us who he's positioning alongside. We don't see that when we move from here over to here and back here, we don't see all that journey. We don't understand those twists and turns, how it's God weaving it all together for us. He outworks his plans and purpose for each person in the most incredible way because he has the omniscient point of view. He knows your plans, even the secret ones. He knows the plans of the person next to you and your next door neighbour, the person in church, your friends at college. When you're reading a story and you're reading the narrator's omniscient view, you get so much insight and understanding. And that's what God wants to bring. He won't reveal everything because we don't need to know everything because we'd probably freak out. He just wants us to know what we need, give us what we need to know at each stage of the journey and us as the Bullock family we're embarking on this new chapter as part of Icon Church family how did we get here you wouldn't believe the twists and turns neither could we and yet we trust God the God who sees the end from the beginning we trust him to lead us in his purpose so a few weeks ago I was in my kitchen and I was doing a rare thing not cooking no I was cleaning up and um Now, I know that all of you, when you speak to the Lord, you're very holy and you've got it all together. And usually, I think about things. I mean, I know God knows my thoughts, but I just feel better if when I say them, they come out really nice. 
and holy. Is, is that just me? No, it's just me. Okay. So I might think, blah, 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 but in our, when it comes out, it's like, oh, thank you, dear Lord. I just praise you. And by the way, could you just help me a bit? Do you know, like, it's really, it's really nice. So anyway, I was in the kitchen, I was cleaning up and I was praying, uh, you know, and um, I said this to God, I wrote it down. So I got it exactly as I said it. I didn't have time to tidy it up. It just came out. And I said, it seems to me, God, that my dreams for me are bigger than your dreams for me. (laughs) Oh, God. Where did it come from? Where? And then I just, I shocked myself. I know you'd never think it's so unholy. I was, I shocked myself. I realised Ephesians 3.20 that God's able to do immeasurably more than all you can ask, think or imagine. I didn't believe it. Because my imagination, because you don't know me, because obviously I'm very sensible, my imagination is like wild, you know? So I've been training to be a teacher. In my head, I'm already a head teacher. I've already organised 10 schools. <laughs> That's what I think like. Like, I can't help it. You know, um, yeah, I better stop there. So, <laughs> I just can't help it. My brain just goes off on one. And uh, so, it just, it came out and I just said, Lord... Oops. Um, anyway, but I realised it was my path. It was my point of view. That's actually how I felt. I know what the Bible says, that God is able to do immeasurably more than you can ask or think or imagine according to his power. Where's it at work again? In me. But I, I realised I didn't believe it because my, I thought, God, you, you're, not, you're not doing enough here. I'm going to be honest with you, Lord. I was expecting more. I mean, I do like my house, but I was expecting more. I mean, I do love Sheffield, but I was expecting more. I love Ches Vegas. I love, I mean, I love the church, got to be honest. I can't have more than this. This is perfect. Not going to lie. You know what? Because it's not about, uh, you know, room or uh, numbers. It's about the presence of the Lord. And when you come in and you know the Lord is in this place, that's enough. That's, that's enough. Yeah. And so, but anyway, I'd had this thing. And um, what I had to realize is that God's path is omniscient. And he knows the end from the beginning. So as I was, I said this to the Lord and he said to me, did I write this down? He said, write back to me. It, like just straight away, I had this sense in my heart. Your dreams are based on who you think you should be and on the expectations of others, not on who I am making you. Your dreams are based on what you can see right now and what you've known so far. But my plans and purposes are bigger than that. God's path is omniscient. And so it it took me to the story of Joseph. I love Joseph. So we'll go quickly. So Joseph, he's the favourite son of 12. He's the dreamer. And then he gets uh, beat up by his brothers, thrown into a pit. He becomes a slave. He becomes a prisoner. And then he becomes second in command to Pharaoh. Great story, isn't it? That's it. In a nutshell... In a nutshell, guys, that's it. You can read it in Genesis 37 onwards. And uh, that's it, that's it. Jo- Joseph is taken through a process, a process that changes him and prepares him for what God has next. We are in the process. And when you belong to a church house, you're not in the process alone. We go through the process together. And sometimes we're in church and we think, I'm doing all right, looking at that person. No, none of you do, just, you know. Uh, <laughs> Or you think, oh God, I wish I was that person. They're doing way better than me. The truth is, we're not, not going to lie here. We're all in this together. Yes. So if one of us is not doing great, we're all 
needing, needing to pray. If one of us is doing well, we all need to succeed. We're all in it together. This is your church house. Get stuck in, get your feet under the table, so to speak. Because we're all in it together. We are. You're thinking, oh Lord, why did you bring her here? Oh Lord. But Joseph's influence went way beyond what he'd imagined. He didn't really understand stars and the moon and the sun. He didn't understand his dream. He just thought, I'm great at 17. But God had this omniscient pov over his life. He, he wasn't just where he wanted Joseph to be. And that's the trick. Sometimes we think it's just about us, God. What do you have for me? It wasn't just about Joseph at all. It was about God's purpose for his people. And that's the same for you and I. Everything we do, do you know that there's people's salvation on the other side of God's process in your life? It's amazing, isn't it? We don't realise what God is doing. But Joseph's point of view through all of this was way different to God's. I'm sure it was. Uh, why am I a slave? Like, what on earth just happened? Why am I a prisoner through no fault of my own? Like, what has just gone on? The twists and turns of his story were unimaginable. What about the hurt and the pain and the fear that he felt? He went through all these things. I've got to go really quick, but we're doing all right, aren't we? So I'm going to give you a couple of quick pointers and they will be quick. Joseph, going through all of this, this is one thing I noticed about him. He focused on his now, his now, where he was now. And this is something we need to do. Focus on your now. You don't hear about Joseph's dream anymore. I, I never heard about it when he was a slave. I never read any more about it in the Bible. I don't read that he was missing his mum and dad and thinking about the past. He probably was, but we don't read about it in the Bible. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he was thinking, I'm, my dad's going to find me. My dad's going to rescue me. We don't read any of that. But what we do read is Joseph was all in. He didn't do the bare minimum. He didn't just think, oh, I'm not a slave. It's beneath me. Clean the floors, like do all these chores. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm doing the bare minimum. Sometimes for us, when we're in God's process, we can be thinking, nah, not doing that. Think, oh yeah, yeah, Lord. When I, on the outside, on the inside, our attitude towards things cannot be as all in as they need to be. But this is what the Bible says in Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if you're working for the Lord and not for man. I love that verse. Because wherever you are today, whether you're working at home, whether you're working at, in your studies in college, whether you're working in a workplace, whether you don't have an official job, but you're serving in the house or you, you know, you're at home with your children, whatever you're doing, retired, I don't know. But wherever you find yourself right now in God, work at it with all your heart. If you're a slave, if that's how it feels like in the season you're in, do it with all your heart. Work as if you're working for the Lord because that's what Joseph did. Because as we, we are all in, in our attitude, we make progress in the process. And that's what God wants. He doesn't want you stalled and still and hanging back. He wants you to continue to make progress in your spirit, in who you you are in him this is not about oh I've, I've got promotions or some yeah you'll get all those things but it happens first in you and in you God wants your heart to be bigger towards him God wants you more like Jesus he wants progress in your process so let's go a good attitude and don't shrink back the Bible says we're not of those who shrink back because remember 
Just like Joseph, what we do impacts on those around us. And the Bible says in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. What was that point? Oh yeah, focus on your now. Because there's progress in the, I'm at that age. I could say anything. Right. The second thing that I find about Joseph is he finds himself in Christ. You need to find yourself in Christ. It's a funny one, this, but Joseph, he was in prison and he's doing all these things, but it doesn't say that he was sitting in the corner in misery. It doesn't say that he was gossiping with the other slaves about the prison guard. It, He was found in God. The only real thing we read about Joseph was that the Lord was with him. That somehow Joseph hid himself in Christ. And that's where he found himself. He found who he was. But when people saw him, they saw him as a person in the Lord. That's who he was. And you know what this makes me think about is where our head goes. Where does your head go during the day? Because where your mind goes is the direction your life is headed towards. And the Bible tells us this in Romans 12, do not conform. Don't do it, not any longer, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve God's will, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Did you know... No matter what you're facing right now, it's good, pleasing and perfect what God has for your life. You're in a process, but God is bringing you through. And we've had a lot. We've had a lot to moan about. Do you know, when we moved to Germany about 10 years ago, we got like, oh, it's not like England. Oh, God, so so much to moan about. All the Germans. I mean, there's recycling and then there's German recycling. If you know, you know. Oh, my word. And there was a lot of things to moan about. A lot. The food doesn't taste the same, does it? Of course it doesn't. But we're English, so we moan about it. And we go on and on about all these things. Well, 18 months ago, coming back to England. Oh, the English. They're not organised, are they? Oh, my word. The English. I'm not going to an English swimming pool. Oh, my word. It's not like the Germans. And what we can do is, wherever we are, we can find ourselves moaning because it's not like it was or it's not like it should be or it's not like my expectations. And there can be a lot of negativity, but the Bible encourages us not to follow the way of the world, but to renew our minds. And there's a scripture that uh, I've always come back to this one in Philippians 4 verse 8, and this is about my mind. Because as you know, I've told you I've got a very vivid imagination, but I actually grew up with a lot of fear and a lot of uh, anxiety and negativity in my mind. And so I had to learn how to really change those mindsets and begin to think differently, to think how Jesus would want me to think. And Philippians 4 verse 8 says this, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, I used to read this scripture and I always used to think, think holy, think holy. You know, don't have any bad thoughts, don't have any, think holy, think holy. But You know, reading this scripture, what really stood out to me recently was two words. Whatever is true, whatever is right. And sometimes our POV, our point of view, it's just not truth. It's just not right. It's not sinful, like, oh, I'm not having a really bad sinful thought. I don't know what that would be. But it's just not right. It's not right that you're thinking God's left you. It's just not right because it's not true. Because the Bible says God will never leave you or forsake you. It's just not true. 
It's not true to think that you're not good enough and less than others. And Jeannie said that already. It's just not true. So you just got to tell yourself, it's just not true. I mean, it's hard to, to change the way you think, but the more you say it and you be able to say the truth of the word, the more that changes. And so I wonder, because our mindset, it affects the words we speak, it affects the actions we take, it affects the direction of our life. And the only way to combat that is to find yourself in Christ, in the process of what God's doing in your life. Be found in Christ. I wonder where your kids find you. Do they find you in your phone? <laughs> Always. I text my kids. That's how we communicate now. <laughs> I want my kids to find me in the Word, in prayer. I want them to find me in church, even when we moved back and I didn't feel like it. I'll be really honest now. It wasn't icon. It just wasn't anything. I don't feel like it. And there was a lot of people from, you know, kind of our uh, sort of world, if you like, that weren't going to church. And we'd stood up week after week in church for decades saying, you know, you've got to be in the house of God. Obviously lockdown and everything, but there was a lot of people just said, I'm not ready for it. And I thought, well, I'm not ready. But the word is the word. And so I get up and I go to church. That's what I do. And we'd get up and we'd go to church and I'd sit at the back and I think I feel a bit self-conscious, feel a bit weird. Not here. I'm just saying, you know, getting up and going to church. And um, the truth is the truth. The word is the word. You don't do it when you feel like it. You do it because it's true and it's right. I want my friends to see me stepping out in faith so they're encouraged to do the same. You see, the Bible says, I've set before you life and death. Now choose life. And this is so important. Just choose. Just choose life every single day. And you say, but Siobhan, it's hard. It is, but there's purpose in this process. There's purpose in it. And when you remember that there's purpose, you set your mind on Christ. You set your mind on things above. You're not found in, in worry. You're found in prayer. You're not found in negativity. You're found in praise. You're not found in social media you found in the word where have you found today are you found in Christ and finally Joseph had faith to surrender and it reminds me when he was in prison and he got forgotten about he thought the butler was going to be his you know rescue plan and the butler forgot about him for two years the bible says now we read it from the end Joseph it was only two years get over yourself I've been in this process for 10 years whatever but you know it was only two years but Joseph didn't know that did he he didn't have the story in front of him. He was the story. Just like you and me right now, you're your story. And you haven't got it all. You, you can't look back on it yet. You can look back on what God's done so far. But we don't know. And you say, God, how long am I in this? You know, been teacher training for a year. At the start of it, I'm like, yeah, bring it on. Halfway through, I just thought, God, could you magic me to the end? Does anyone else think that when you're in the middle of something? God, just magic. I can't go through this, God. It's too difficult. It's too, my brain hurts. I have to read all these books and do all this stuff. We just think it's too much. And last year, I took a French course. because I, d- I did French a few decades ago. And uh, anyway, so I had to do this course to like drag it up from the recesses of my memory. Anyway, and so... I had this tutor and she was lovely and she said to me, right, you're going to use this program and you have to do 
five hours a day, and then every week I'll check on your progress. And anyway, the first week I said, I don't like it. It's not working, this program. It's not working. She said, Siobhan, I use this program all the time. Trust the program. Trust the process. Don't like it. Don't like it. It's not working for me this one. It's, it's weird. Trust the program. Just do what's in front of you. I do this. See, she's the expert. She knows what she's doing. And I had to trust her. And this is what it says about God. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. God's the expert. Who's the one who works all things together for good? Well, well, I try and do it. I don't know about you. I try and work it all together for my good, for how I think it should be. But I don't have the omniscient view. I just have my view and my view says I want that. And God's view says I want this. Will you trust me? Uh, Trying, Lord. Maybe like me, you want to try and work it all out and fix everything. But do you know what? There's peace in surrender. There's peace in the process when we have the trust to surrender our plans and purposes to God. Will you do it, church? Will you surrender all to God? And I know the band are going to come because we're going to pray in a moment. But surrender when you're successful, knowing that it's from the Lord surrender when you can't see what's happening knowing that God's faithful surrender when it rains and when the sun shines knowing that God is leading you and we already heard the scripture today and yesterday and probably the day before but God says I know the plans I have for you they're plans to prosper you and not harm you plans to give you a hope and a future now I'm going to end with this story Steve and I have been married for 20 years 20 I know I don't look old enough apart from the grey. But we've been married for 20 years. And in our first house, this was me just getting to know Steve, we had to renovate the kitchen. We always have to renovate something in our house. So he had to take the floor up and there was a plank of wood that went from the door, there was stairs in the kitchen going up. And we had to walk over a plank of wood to get up. Anyway, my job, which I was quite excited about, was I was going to help paint. So anyway, I got the paint and the brush. I'm like, right then, this is after the floor's gone in. I'm like, come on then, let's do it. And Steve went, oh, no, 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 put the lid back on. What we've got to do, we've got to prep the walls. Prep the walls, whoever's heard that. So what we've got to do is we've got to fill the holes in. What holes? Tiny little crack over there. Then we've got to sand them down. Oh, my word. Then we've got to do some other, I don't know, prep, put this on before the paint goes on. Well, anyway, but before it got to painting, I was off. It was so boring, boring, prepping and doing all this stuff. And it's not been, the, this, is, this is 20 years of our life, practical jobs in our house. I'll start something because <laughs> I want it doing and I wanted Steve to do it, you know, two years ago. So I start it. And then Steve has the job of actually going through the painful process of making it a reality. See, there's a process and sometimes the process feels too long. Sometimes it feels too dull. Sometimes it feels like, God, I'm just just me. I'm just here. I don't understand what you're doing. And we're just going through all of this. Maybe you found yourself a bit disappointed or frustrated, wondering if God's forgotten you. Maybe life's been stressful and you're constantly filled with worry. Don't you hate that feeling? Maybe you've given up on God's purpose and just thought, oh well, it is what it is. 
wherever you find yourself today, whatever your point of view is, I don't know how you feel about it. Like, God, this can't be it. This can't be it, God. Remember, God's got the omniscient point of view over your life. And what he's doing is weaving together his plans and purposes. He's weaving it together because he has an eternal purpose. So we're going to pray now because I don't know about you, but I can't do all those things on my own. I don't get up every day and say, right, there's progress in my process. I get up and I say, Lord, I need help. Do you know most mornings I get up and I say this to the Lord, I can't do today without you. If you don't come, I I can't do it. (laughs) I can't get up in front of a classroom full of teenagers. I can't do it, God. God, I can't can't cope with all these things in my life right now. I can't do it. If you don't come and help me, where does our help come from? The Bible says it comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Where's our empowering? It's from the Holy Spirit. And so today we're going to pray now. And I want you to open your heart to the Lord. Open your heart to the Holy Spirit. And just, it's a quiet moment, okay? So if you want to close your eyes or bow your head or whatever. But I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit brave. It's not that brave because we're all family here. But if you really want a fresh empowering of the Holy Spirit to enable you in the process of where you are now, I want you to stand to your feet. Because these words are good. It's good to hear the word. But the empowering of the Holy Spirit in this moment, that's actually what's going to enable you to live out what God's doing in and also what he wants to do through you. So Lord, we stand before you now, our hearts open. Come Holy Spirit, in this moment, Lord, have your way. Lord, we don't know, we don't understand, we don't see, but you, Lord, you know the end from the beginning. There's power, God, in the process when you're with us. Lord, would you empower your people? Lord, for those that need peace right now, receive the peace of the Lord Jesus. Receive it now. Just say, Lord, I I receive your peace. You take it now. That worry has crippled you. And yet the Lord, he wants to enable you. There's peace for those whose mind is stayed on Christ. Lord, we set our mind on you now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Be filled. Be filled with the fullness of Christ Jesus in this moment. Lord, for those who have given up or maybe what you have for them, maybe maybe right now you're online and you stayed home because you know what? I'm just an observer now. And God wants to bring you back onto the field, back onto the field of faith. Get you back, back into his plans and purposes. Oh, not to hurt, not to, not to take you where it's what you can do, but to do what you're enabled in the Holy Spirit to fulfill his purpose. Lord, even for those online now, fill them, fill them afresh with your spirit. In Jesus' name, Lord, we look up to our Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, and we thank you, Lord, for your enabling. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. 
We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord God. We pray now, Lord, fill your people. Fill your people afresh. Lord, enable them now. Enable them, Lord, for every good work that you have created them for. That God, in your mind, you have a plan. You have a purpose that we can't see. And we surrender that to you now. And we ask God, in the middle of what you're doing in every heart and life, give us, Lord, the empowerment to live that out, to honour you. And Lord, we declare over this house, we declare salvation, we declare restoration and we declare healing for your people because God as you are gathering as you are gathering Lord, each one has their part to play and as you are gathering Lord we will see a mighty work of God in this place, in Jesus name in Jesus name, come on we are going to lift up our voices and praise God now, let's just give him um, a shout of praise, come on lift him up thank you Jesus